This is Pass for Two, People and Places, brought to you by Jules Verne, taking you around the world, sharing memories and introducing you to the people at the heart of everything we do. I'm Abby, and in this series, I'll be delving into past adventures, inside stories, future journeys, inspiring you to discover the wonders of the world. Hello. In this episode, we're going to speak to somebody who's very close to our hearts here at Jewelstone, and that is our managing director, Francis Tarilla. Francis has travelled all over the world. He's seen some amazing sights and met some wonderful people, and he's going to share some of his favourite experiences and memories with us on this episode today. Francis has travelled not only as the managing director of many travel businesses, but he's also travelled as a father a friend, a husband. And in this episode, he's going to talk to us about his experiences, not only as a solo traveller, backpacking his way through Europe, but also travelling with his family and the experiences that they've shared together and travelling with his wife too. We hope you enjoy this episode and listen out to some of the fantastic destinations that Francis recommends. Hello, Francis. Hi, Abby. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Very well. Thank you for joining me in Jules Venn's new podcast room. This is it exciting. Lovely, actually. It's very good. I know. It's very cosy, isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely. Um, so for those of you who are new to Jules Verne's podcast, we are taking people around the world in the form of a podcast medium. We're going to be talking about our favourite destinations, the places that have captured our hearts the most, and our sort of our best travel experiences really so Francis how long I mean how long have you been traveling when was your first travel moment that you can think of well I left I I was born and grew up in Gibraltar actually but uh, I left there in 1982 uh, to go backpacking that was the thing at the time and uh, so I I backpacked actually for those that know a bit of history about Gibraltar, the border with Spain only opened in 82. So that was the opportune moment to leave, really. So I went through Spain and then backpacked all the way to Israel, uh, which was lovely, and joined a kibbutz, which was, again, another very 80s thing to do. So backpacking was this, you know, traditional hitchhiking backpacking like you like you see in the old 80s movies? <laughs> uh, partly it was. Partly, you know, it, I got uh, coaches or... Um, there, there was a bus called the Magic Bus, and you got the bus from Athens to London, Victoria. Wow! <laughs> and it was like two nights on it, so I only did it once. So that gives you an idea of how bad it was. So once was enough. Yeah, absolutely. The Magic Bus. I like the sound of that. Could that be something that we could uh, reintroduce? Do you think um, the it, Magic Bus? It was bus? only like six pounds or something, you know. Oh. So it was unbelievable. So it was, it was excellent value, but but it was pretty painful. So before that, then that was that was kind of the moment where you realised that travelling was that's where you wanted to explore and realise that that was your, you know. Yeah, when I when I left school, I went into banking, and mm-hmm. I, I did about five years with Barclays Bank, and I realised really that this isn't for me. Yeah, uh, it's a safe job, uh, and all the rest of it, but it it just wasn't for me, and I I didn't know what to do, um, and and that's really why I thought, well, I'll just go travelling. Yeah, and uh, and I haven't turned back since. Amazing. So Israel was where you ended up on your first travelling experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although I, I, I did work uh, in, in like things like the market in Rome and that, but that was only to get enough money to move on to the next place. And uh, in Israel, I was there for about five months, actually. Wow. Really enjoyed it. 
Amazing. So for, for you then, what kind of, you, you've landed in Israel, you, you've done your 80s backpacking, you've been on the magic bus, it was, you know, really fun. You, you're done with Barclays Bank. What, what was next? What did you then do? Well, I, I, went, I went back home uh, to Gibraltar then at the time and um, I, I thought I'd work this summer, which I did. And, uh, and then I thought uh, I'd move to London. Actually, I debated whether London or New York. I was very much into cities then. Okay. I was only in my twenties, and uh, and I thought London or New York. I'd been to New York a couple of times, uh, and to London a few more, but uh, but London won. Uh, We're glad for that. <laughs> <laughs> so am I actually because I do love London. Yeah. And um, and then you know it was total fluke when I arrived in uh, in, in London in 1984. I started uh, working as a night security guard. Uh, mainly because I needed a job straight away and that was advertised on the Evening Standard. Wow. And uh, so I started virtually next day or two days after I arrived. Uh, and then as it happens, uh, I do have family in London as well and my cousin's husband worked for BT at the time okay. and he was putting the phone systems in for this travel company in Notting Hill Gate and he said to me, they're recruiting. So I just did my CV send it through and uh, and I got a job with them. And yeah. that's how you became manager director of the UK specialist division of Dirturistic. Absolutely. Yeah. So a long yeah, journey. Yeah, a long journey there. But, but, but uh, an amazing journey. Yeah, totally. So you've obviously, like we, we've, we've said, you've been travelling since the 80s and you've enjoyed it and, and things, but it's a very different kind of travelling that you do now compared to what mm. you did when you were first backpacking. So... Obviously, you are... A few more comforts now. Comforts, exactly. <laughs> and and you do have the pick of some of the best UK operators because we are, well, I'm biased, but I think we're one of the best operators for tours, but you also have other companies within the business as well. But what's been your your top moment? Has there been, you know, a, a top moment where you've seen a certain animal or, you know... I think the top moment, it's a difficult, I do love Africa. Yeah. Uh, I love Africa from, you know, from Egypt uh, all the way to Cape Town. Uh, I, I think it's a fantastic continent and it's a continent, I think, that really um, inspires you, you know, when you're there uh, to think about, you know, about everything, not just work-wise, but on a personal level. And uh, so, so I think it, it, most countries in Africa, I think, have something to offer us. Um, for me, I suppose the, the best, one of the best experiences was when I first went to Governors uh, in, uh, in the Maasai Mara. Uh, it was a family holiday. And uh, I had to convince uh, my wife that safari was right for oh, wow. all of us, including the children. The children were young at the time. And, you know, there was malaria tablets and all of this. And it was all maybe a bit too much. But uh, but we, we, you know, we did it and we went with another family, actually, which was also good. We got to um, to governors and, it, and it's just wonderful. You know, there are more luxurious places to go to, not only in Kenya, but in Africa. But uh, but for me, governors gets it just right because it's in the right spot. You know, the the tents are comfortable. Uh, the game viewing at any time of the year is, is is fantastic. Having said that, if you can go during the migration, then obviously do. But it, it's just I think it's incomparable mm -hmm. uh, really to anywhere else, especially if you haven't been, if you've never been to Africa. Like definitely for a first safari, I would I think Kenya takes some beating. Definitely, and I, I like the way that you had to convince your lovely wife to to go with you. Was uh, she was she happy at the end of the holiday? She loved it, and you know, and 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 the kids did. Even when we get, when we get round the dinner table and we start talking about holidays, and they've been very fortunate, obviously. 
you know, we nearly always come back to that holiday, that safari in Kenya. That is still, and that was in 2007, I think. Uh, but that is still very much up there, uh, you know, as one of the top um, family holidays that we've had. We try to do about every four years one holiday together, all of us as families, as yeah. a family, you know, and, uh, and and we love it. We love traveling and uh, and we like each other's company. So we're quite fortunate, really. Well, that is good because people <laughs> might not know. So you're, you're obviously you're married to your lovely wife and yep. you've got three children. You've That's got two right, girls yeah. and a boy. Yeah, I've got twin girls in their late 20s and uh, my son who's in his early 30s. Yeah. And they have traveled a lot with you as well actually haven't you, you do a lot they of things have. as a family like you said yeah we do we, we we've always been quite close as a family they do travel themselves as well uh independently but as i said before you know every few years generally it works out about every four years and i don't think that was planned it's just the way it's happened uh, we try to do a holiday uh together we did one actually to india wow uh, and that was i think for a big birthday uh, I, th- I can't remember it was for fiona my wife or for me but it was a big birthday and uh, and that was fantastic. You know, we I'd been to India in business, but we'd never been to India on holiday. And it is different, whatever people think. Mm. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it was wonderful. So India, let's let's mm. let's talk about India. So I've I've been to India. I was very lucky that um, I went with with Jules Van, and that was my first experience. And like you said, it's not it's not what you think it's going to be at all. Mm. Um, it it touches all the senses, <laughs> everything, all, all of them, all of the senses, <laughs> but in such a romantic way, mm. I think. Um, and I mean, for you, was there a highlight? India's so vast, and there's so much stuff. Was there a highlight from that particular trip? A moment you took away and, and thought, wow, that's that stayed with me. Actually, the biggest, what made the biggest impact on me, and I would never have thought that I would say this, was the Taj Mahal. I thought I have seen so many pictures and models and souvenirs about the Taj Mahal everywhere that I thought, well, it's somewhere you have to go to. But I wasn't expecting to be wowed. And uh, and when you go through the archway on the way in and the Taj Mahal is there, and, and that's when you realise, OK, I know what all the fuss is about. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it, because it is an unbelievable feeling, uh, I think, uh, you know, when you first see it. Now, there are beautiful palaces all throughout India, uh, you know, in Jaipur and uh, Fatapur Sikri. And, you know, there, there's some fantastic places. Uh, but to me, the Taj Mahal, maybe it's because I wasn't expecting anything from it, uh, probably had the biggest impact. Yeah, I remember we went at sunrise and I remember mm-hmm. being one of the first people through the archway and, and seeing it and, and knowing that he built that for love as mm-hmm. well. And I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to be one of the wives that wasn't the favourite that didn't get the Taj Mahal. <laughs> I think I would have probably had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about that. But it is, it, you're right, a lot of people say, well, I've seen it and it's mm-hmm. and it's another palace or it's another, you know, and it's not. It's so, so much more. Mm. It is. And then I suppose you've got the southern India, which is very different. You know, very different to northern India because obviously northern India was the Mughals. So there's a lot of Islamic influence in it. You don't get that in the south. It, it's more Hindu temples. And uh, and then the lushness, you know, and greenery of it because it's more tropical. So, so it's totally different. Actually, it's more akin to Sri Lanka, I think, southern India. Uh, than to northern India. Mm, yeah, it's, it's very different, isn't it, with India? I think we we sort of think of the Golden Triangle as one, mm. as is India, but like you said, there's so much more. The backwaters, Kerala, things like that. 
you, people don't necessarily think on their first visit to go to those areas mm. but it, i think you get so much so much from india like with africa you get a lot from africa mm. um so thinking about africa again we're kind of moving around the globe <laughs> yep. at this point you said egypt earlier mm. so tell me about your experiences with egypt uh i love cairo okay uh, despite it being crazy and busy and polluted uh, and everything else that it is, I think it's a fantastic city. It's got great history. Obviously, it has the pyramids, uh, but not just the pyramids. And I think if you have time or if you build in time, try to visit some of the mosques in Cairo. Uh, my favorite building in Cairo, actually, is not one from the Egyptians or the ancient Egyptians. It's uh, it's a mosque. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, the Hassan Mosque. Uh, and Madrasa, and it's just below the citadel, and uh, it, it, it's a, it's a. I think it's a fantastic building. It's one of those things like with the Taj Mahal. I remember when I first went in, just walking in, and you you walk in through like, um, like a vaulted, like a, a small vaulted tunnel, and then you come into this big open open courtyard, and uh, and and you see like if you will the the, the equivalent of the altar. Uh, in, uh, in in the mosque and and it's just fantastic. It's just so moving, mm. and uh, and I remember thinking, God, this place is wonderful. You know, you feel you feel as you feel with some churches. You know, and I'm I don't believe I'm that I'm, I'm that religious a person. But you know, you sometimes walk into a building, be it a church or a mosque, and you feel okay. This feels holy, mm. uh, and, and that's the feeling I got. It's an uh, energy, isn't it? There's, there's, an there's energy. something that yeah. you feel. There's something here. Whether it's the quietness, uh, but there is something that you think, okay, this is slightly different. And that was the place. And for that you. was the place in Egypt, actually. Now, having said that, the Nile is fantastic, and I think I don't think yes. you can go to Egypt without doing the Nile, or no. at least a part of the Nile, and and all the temples from it. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've just come back from Egypt. Mm. Um, I didn't get to to visit the mosque, so now I feel like I need to go back because I feel like <laughs> I've missed something. But Cairo was was very interesting. I think I said at one point to our driver, I've I've been in the backseat of many cars in many destinations, and Cairo is probably the one where. I've never seen driving like it. It's, it's incredibly crazy, but mm -hmm. it, the hustle and the bustle, and it's sort of a mix, isn't it, between old and new and cosmopolitan and, and tradition, and it's just this influx of And run down everything. and unbuilt. And, and half built and half demolished. <laughs> yeah. But talking about building in Egypt, we have the new Egyptian museum being mm, built. I can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I can't wait. I've, um, I've heard through sources... That uh, it's going to be, it's going to take at least seven days to explore everything that's mm. within there, um, and I think yeah, it will be. It, it, it'll be it'll be great, you know. There's well, especially to be able to see all of Tutankhamen's um, find or everything they found in the tomb of Tutankhamen, if you will, in the one place, because uh, they never had the room to exhibit it. Uh, so I think it'll be great, actually. One of the things that got me into Egypt, actually, was uh, going back to when I lived in Gibraltar and I was about 11. Uh, we did a school trip in 1972 to London. Wow. And part of that school trip was to visit Tutankhamen's mask that was visiting in London at the time at the British Museum. Uh, so that, I suppose, sowed the seed of Egypt, yes. uh, you know, in me. It does excite the inner child in all of us, doesn't it? Does, it it yeah. really does, because you do learn about these things at school. Mm. I mean, like you said, you learned about it at school, and I learned about it at school, and I think, mm. you know, my nieces will probably learn about it at yeah. school. And, and you've got the biblical element, you know, yeah. and Moses and all that. So, so there is something in all of us, if you will, yeah, uh, that, that links us to Egypt. And it's such an important part of history as mm. well. It, it, you know, it really does touch on 
absolutely everything. But I think mm. this year is a very exciting time for Egypt. And I think it'll be a very exciting time to visit Egypt once that museum's open. I think we're all keeping yeah, our fingers they're, crossed. Yeah, they're hoping September, maybe sometime between September and November. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll all be queuing up together. Oh, definitely. We'll definitely <laughs> be uh, queuing for our, our tickets for that. So let's stick with Africa. Um, where else in the continent of Africa sort of, again, has has left a really good impression on you? Ethiopia. Okay. Probably. And um, Ethiopia, because it's, it's very different. Uh, it feels like Africa and yet it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's because it's, um, it's Christian, it's Coptic uh, predominantly. Um, and it, it just has a totally different sense to it. Even Addis Ababa, the capital, which apparently has the largest open market in the country, in the world, in Africa, actually, in the continent. But um, it's it just felt so different when you go, especially we went on a flight up to Lalibela to see some of these rock-hewn churches. And uh, and they're just stunning. You know, and you just think, how did they do this? Yeah. How on earth did they do this? And uh, so, so it's a wonderful, and especially because all I'd heard about Ethiopia really was about the famine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 80s so so yeah. to to go uh, and I went I can't remember it was in the early 2000s and um and to see somewhere you know that was thriving uh you know at the time uh I thought okay this is this is a different place to visit so if you want to see if you still want to go to Africa but want to see something slightly different then Ethiopia is definitely the one okay we'll we'll bear that in mind definitely uh, I think people do still think of the famine don't they but yeah. actually most of the people in Ethiopia now that probably work in tourism and hotels probably weren't even born when that, that Absolutely. happened. Absolutely, yeah, when we had those... Uh, you yeah. know, when we were having to raise money and, yeah. and things like that. So mm. it's um, it's definitely somewhere... It's, I think that's somewhere on my bucket list to, mm. to go, for, for sure. Mm. So for me, I would say what resonates with me is Zimbabwe because mm. I used to live there. So mm. I'm probably a little bit biased, but I know that you've been to Zimbabwe yeah, as well. I have. So I have a question to ask you, and I will ask this question to all of our guests on our future podcast. We've talked about lots of places already, and we know you've travelled to far more than you've said. But from everywhere you've been in the whole world, where has captured your heart the most? I think it would have to be Victoria Falls. Um, So tell me about Victoria Falls. Victoria Falls is probably... Uh, for me, like if I could only go back to one place before I died, it would mm-hmm. be Victoria Falls. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think it's just, I find it very moving, even mm-hmm. though it's just water going over a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's the whole experience. And I think it goes back to my childhood. I did those people of similar age to me, born in 1960, who did the same curriculum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll remember that as part of the curriculum, David Livingston featured quite prominently. Uh, and I remember doing a scrapbook uh, about David Livingston and Victoria Falls. And it was something that I never thought growing up that I would actually see. Uh, so when I first visited Victoria Falls in 2005, I, I was moved actually by it because I thought this is unbelievable, just the sound of it more than anything. And I would actually recommend if you're going to try and see it from both sides uh, because I, they are different. Uh, so, so I think if you do, if you can, and I know you have to pay sometimes fifty euro, fifty dollars to go across from one side to the other. There's hotels on both sides of the falls, which have direct access 
Uh, and the reason I say it's good to stay in those because it, it is it is lovely to see the falls at different time of the day. Mm -hmm. And if you're staying in either of those hotels, you can walk in at will. Mm -hmm. And I would say go early morning, go midday, you know, when the heat it's, it, it's at its highest and then go in the evening. And uh, and you'll experience the falls, you know, throughout with people uh, or, or without people. But, you know, there's huge potential of areas you can visit from Victoria Falls. You know, you can go to Chobe or you can go to the Okavango Delta uh, or you can combine it with South Africa, which is what we did. OK, so whereabouts in South Africa did you Cape Town, travel? actually. OK. Yeah, yeah. We, we loved Cape Town. We went along uh, the coast. Uh, you know, part of the garden route. Uh, and that was after we'd done, we, we did uh, Botswana as well. We did Botswana, Zimbabwe, and uh, and then we flew down to Cape Town. And uh, that was another of our four year. Ah, <laughs> uh, the big trips. See, the big your trips. children get the best trips. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel yeah. like you need to adopt me and I'll yes. just come on these these big four year trips with you. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> do you want another lovely. sister? Uh, another one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add another one to the party. Yeah, do it. But... Um, but yes, yeah, so, so that was, I think that was the last big holiday we did, actually. Okay, so that was the, that the, was the last 20, one. I can't remember, 2015 or 2016. Okay. And then obviously with the pandemic, we haven't done of course. Uh, anything. But so you're due, you're due another are, big trip. We're, we're definitely due a big trip, but I don't think it'll be this year okay. uh, for all of us, mainly because we're all quite busy uh, mm -hmm. at work. So, you know, it, it takes some logistics to try to get everybody's leave synchronised from work. So, so we'll maybe look at something next year. What for you at this moment is kind of what's next for, for your travelling adventures? Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you think I'm, I need to do that? Uh, the only place really that I'd, I, I've always thought, well, maybe I should have gone there and I haven't, is Argentina. Okay. And uh, I haven't done that. I've done Brazil, but I haven't done Argentina. So that's one place that I would like to go, both to the cities in Buenos Aires, but also uh, as well into the wilds of Argentina. I think it's uh, it looks beautiful. You know, some of the uh, I'm into nature programs, and uh, you know, and th there's obviously some stunning um, vistas there. So, uh, so Argentina's one on my uh, on my list of countries to go. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your life with us and your travel life. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have some more travel stories to share with everyone soon. So thank you for joining me. You're welcome. It's been lovely joining you. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Passport 2, People and Places. Look out for our next episode where we'll be talking to more guests about the people and places that have inspired them the most. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please do get in touch. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.